killing me, Smalls. To infinity and beyond! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the What the What podcast. Woo! Yeah, Woo! yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Eric Creech, Eric Omak, for those of you who knew me on the AIM back in the day. Mm-hmm. And of course, joined with Kyle Whitley and Ashby Brain. What's up, guys? Hi. I love that slight hesitation of Ashby Brain. Yes. We don't ever really use her last name That's in conversation. True. I use your last name all the time because there's two Kyles in my life. I have to differentiate. That's true. There's Ashby's only... unique enough. You don't Ashby's have Ashby's like, you know, Cher or Prince. You know, just one name is all you need. Absolutely. I mean, Brame's not even my real last name, so. Wait, what? What? Whoops. What? <laughs> <laughs> We've been duped this whole time. I hate time. to tell you, but you look too much like your parents <laughs> to be adopted, so that, that's out of the question. True story. <laughs> what's been What's been going on, guys? We, this is our first time we've recorded since before Christmas. So uh, what's, what's going on? Uh, well, I went into this year with absolutely no plans, nothing to do, footloose, fancy free. Footloose. And as you well know, as we moved into, you know, planning this year's seasons, I now have at least one thing to do every single month of this year, it seems like, and sometimes two or three things to do. I'm back into work travel. I'm back into personal travel. I booked a trip to Europe. I've got a bunch of other things, you know, going on with traveling around. And I mean, it's great. No complaints, right? Getting back out there, adventuring in the wide, wide world. Uh, it's great. But man, it feels it feels like my life is very full right now in a very good way. So it's awesome. I feel like if we hang around Ashby, we're finally going to travel. Yeah. Like I know you've gone to Africa, you know, but like twice. But I feel like at least we hang around her enough, especially like not just podcasting. If we actually like start hanging out, you know, every once in a while. Look, give it enough time. Yeah. I, one of my requirements for uh, being friends with me is that you have to have a passport because we could go at any moment. I have so. one, but it, it expires in April. I need to check mine. Definitely get that checked. I don't know. I'm definitely getting it renewed. You got to be ready so. to go. You got to be ready to move at any yeah. time. And most countries want you to have a passport that does not expire until six months after you plan on leaving the country that you visited. Well, that's good to know. So it, there's, it's not like, oh, well, I'm leaving in May and my passport's good till June. Like they want you to have your passport yeah. good through the end of the year if Which you're going to be traveling. Sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes plenty of sense. Yeah. I've used mine on like cruises. And I feel like only one cruise was it ever necessity that I actually had it. Right. Most others are just like, oh, if you get sick in another country, if you have a passport, you can fly back in versus waiting to like arrive on the ship. I keep mine on me at all times because I've seen way too many spy movies and you got to be ready to go. You know Watched what I'm saying? Watched a lot of Taken. Got to go bag. I got to go bag for sure. It's under the floorboards over there. Yes. Awesome. Kyle? <laughs> I'm just excited. Like, I don't even know. Now it's all that happened so fast that my brain's not quite... Grasping, I was like, We're not even sure if this is Ash, if Ashby's her real name at this point. Honestly, (laughs) it has been since I've known her, like since we were little kids. And Brame has been a very solid, like, name established in the community since we were kids. It's it's all a setup. I've implanted my backstory in your mind. This is like the deep undercover, the deep fake. I mean, this is the Americans, like, from FX. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if it is, like, it's it's way beyond Ashby, like, because her parents have been a part of this. It goes because. I mean, Again, did you she's guys not see a doctor. You know, you know where it That's goes. True. It goes <laughs> all the way to the, to top. the top. Yeah. <laughs> the top of what? No, no, just to the top. Yeah, just to the top. 
Don't worry about it. I mean, the, her her dad like runs a uh, a truck stop, a really really nice one. It's like, but it's a hub. It is. It's a it's a transportational hub. In and out. Who knows easy. what's going through there? I don't. I mean, I don't either. They have a Taco Bell. They have a Taco Bell and a Wendy's. Neither does the and a Subway. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> strike that from the record. So when this episode strike, airs, please on, strike that from the record. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> when this episode airs on March 28th, we're going to be under investigation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Any of your fine. trips, get them done before March 28th. Yeah, because yeah, wow. I'm going to be on the do not fly list. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be randomly selected to be, you know, like searched at every airport. Like, mm-hmm. I've been searched five times. It's random, ma'am. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely right. random. Okay, you're right. I was once told, because <laughs> I didn't understand that, like I've only worked at one job that had random drug tests, and it happened every year on 421, and I looked at them, I was like, it's not very random if you're going to do it the day after 420. Like, that's kind of a good, solid guess. And then whenever it started happening, I was like, some of these people, I don't know if this is random, and they're like, well, usually it's just randomly we're doing it. It doesn't mean that we randomly drew everybody's name out of a hat. And I was like, mm. I'll just go back to my desk. Yeah. These things don't, it's yeah. above my head. Yeah. yeah, Above your pay grade. Yeah. So. I don't handle the drugs. Um, I don't know, but uh, I haven't been doing a ton. Uh, Sky's, our little, little girl is almost nine months old now next week, which is insane. She driving yet? Going to college? She at least drives her little car on the floor. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. She just sits and honks the horn uh, I with, her, with her face. That's so. right. Yeah. But, uh, Look, who among us hasn't honked the horn with our face before? For sure. You know? Let's hear those stories. Yeah. <laughs> you got a this burger is... in one hand. You got a drink in the other hand. You're yeah. steering with your knee. You mm-hmm. know, you got to shift with somebody, your elbow. Somebody cut this, you off. This season is what the, the one yeah. after dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, things are going really well. Uh, we're... Erica had COVID last week, so I'm good and in the clear. Everything's going well. She's thankfully that wasn't a big issue. Uh, it was more so just like a a cold uh, with lingering tiredness. So yeah, I ended up having to test when I came back because I went on mm-hmm. my work trip to New York and just for safety precautions and sure. for my own you know well being right. like to just feel better about it. I ended up testing, so I was fine. But yeah, that's the I guess that's the caveat to going back out into the the world is that, but it is what it is. Well, I've just been excited. We, t- we had a, a brief meeting the other weekend and we were talking about the, uh, like vloggers that we watch or I watched going to Disney universal. And we even like talked about possibly next year, really trying to make some plans to maybe go to universal. We got some big plans coming up for this year. Uh, maybe we won't announce quite yet cause it's not a solid hundred percent thing yet, but definitely they're in the works. Yeah. We may actually have our first public appearance. Like, that sounds, you know, lame because you probably don't really, you know, we're a podcast, but we're getting out there. We're trying things. Uh, Working on it. Yeah. So it's exciting. Well, you know, we're not the, you know, officially under our social media and I guess our, we have a website. Um, we're not what the what podcast. We're what the what True. media. True. And media encompasses all things, including, mm-hmm. you know, video appearances and maybe a book one day. Mm-hmm. Like a children's book would be great. I've gotten ideas for that, too. Because now that we're reading more children's books versus mm-hmm. the other, like so, it reminded me I liked children's books where it's real life things that you took a picture of and then put it in there. Sesame Street used to do that instead of just cartoon Sesame Street mm-hmm. characters. It was like huh. pictures of the puppets, like and then the words or whatever. It's like that's easier than drawing something. If we are going to get into the children's literary game, I feel like we should have like a collection of books that feature the three of us, but it's like animals. 
like little, okay. like little children's like animals, and like we don't have to be in each other's like all the books all together all the time, but we can be like supporting characters for like the main character who would be Ashby, obviously. Sure. Um, as a panther. As a panther. I'm yes. definitely or a panther. Not panther, panda. I like to Puma. think you're like Puma. the modern day like Carmen San Diego, where you're traveling, but there's also something a little suspect going on. Yes. So like maybe I'm a jaguar with a red hat. Ooh. Maybe. See, See, I like that. We idea. need to get this idea down before this episode airs so they don't steal it. I don't know who they is, but they're listening. Oh, they're definitely listening. I saw the idea of us each Probably get, in Missouri. getting like puppets made for ourselves, and that's what we'll use like for these type of things instead yes. of having to figure out somebody to draw. We, we looked into creating puppets for me and you. Oh, I've looked. I and found a guy. What, $1,000 each? Or? Uh, you could probably get a little cheaper than that. Okay, I'm going to be really honest. Are you guys ready for this? No, you I have don't. a puppet of yourself? No. I oh, feel like I we've, had so, we've had one or two of these moments in our friendship before. Mm-hmm. I You're scared of puppets. Don't do puppets. Or Muppets. Puppets or Muppets. That's right. I can do people dressed in full costumes, like mascots. Mm-hmm. But the only puppet Muppet thing I've ever been able to stomach was Labyrinth. And that was because of David Bowie. They freak me out the way they move. Like the, I can't, I can't, Is Labyrinth I can't. the one... I mean, I know what Labyrinth is, but the scary, like, vulture. Yes, yes. That, I saw that as a child. Sorry, this is not today's yeah. topic and at all. Has, like, not the at fire all. birds and their heads pop off and roll. Well, this was the one where, like, there was one, and I guess he did, it's been so long as I've seen it, but he did something wrong, and, like, the whole clan, like, pretty much pecked him to death. Like, he didn't right. die. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think that's Labyrinth, that's but I do know movie what you're talking about. Where, like, he's, like, they're all, like, and yeah. it's creepy, and they're, like, yeah. I'm, like, hunching, like, you yes. can see me right now, you can't, but... They end up pretty much like I'm, I just can't. I can't all the feathers it. and everything are gone. I can't do puppets. So what I'm hearing is we need full blown costumes now. So okay, mascot yeah. costumes. Yeah, kind of like the yeah. uh, the '90s Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I I know a guy who can buy like a, those like too. Like a furry situation, <laughs> yeah. but not weird. No, these are but like full blown. No shaming, caveat. but this is full blown. But, but not style. weird. Yeah. <laughs> not to yuck anyone's yum, but yeah. <laughs> not but my not thing. weird. No. Let's move on. <laughs> So everyone's doing Let's good from what I hear. There. Yeah, this was your idea. Yeah, how are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. Thank y'all for asking. Great. Doing great. Life great. is good. So um, I feel like we're all in a really good place. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Life is it's good. It's a good yeah. start of the year. Good start. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always that break where there's like part of me that's like, are we going to get back together? Right. We may. We may not. It's somebody like the Beatles put, for every album past like the third album. Is mm-hmm. it going to happen? Somebody put the somebody <laughs> well, puts I'll, that initial effort into it, and we're like, oh yeah, we love this. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. But until that moment happens, it's like somebody's so it's, going to do this. It's good to know that we all have similar thoughts. I also have those thoughts, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to bring it up this time. I'm going to let them bring it up. And I think it was Ashby this time who brought mm-hmm. it up. Yes. But like that gives me the confidence. Like, okay, well next time I'll just speak up, and that that'll get everyone excited mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So what's yeah. part of it too? If we get together, it happens. It does. It's the sitting around. Well, like maybe we'll do something soon, and then it, you know we can the, text all we want. It's but. the concept of how this podcast got started. We start talked about it for two years. Sure. Right. We finally got together and did. Don't <laughs> talk about it. Be, be about, about it. it. That's right. Our whole like. Text conversation pretty much is just memes at this point, right? Where it's like, I don't really have oh, yeah. anywhere else to send, send yeah. them to, so like I'm always yeah. like, we're literally I can send this to conversating them. in pictures all as the a time. friend group. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's how deep our relationship goes. Like Egyptians, mm-hmm. just hieroglyphics. hieroglyphics. Yes, with modern day memes. Modern day, yeah. And because of that, randomly Facebook, of course, now gives me all of the 
Harry Potter are like funny memes and all the things. Oh, like yeah. you, mm-hmm. you save this one picture one time, here's 20. Yeah, pretty much with Facebook, Love I it. don't get any information on my friends anymore. It's just, hey, here's a meme, another meme <laughs> website. Yeah. And some reels because you watched a reel one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one time. Yeah, that yeah. one time. You watched the reel from John's financial tips. That's mm-hmm. right. And now you get all the financial tips from people not named John. So. Right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. This is the first episode of the Nine on the Ninety season. Yeah, uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us. Now, this is important because I went through the other day and looked at our uh, ratings on Apple. Mm-hmm. Someone did not rate us five stars. They rated us three stars. Okay, that's okay. No, it's not. I'm okay with. We that. accept Rated. five stars. Well, did they have an explanation? No, that's that was the thing. Uh, no explanation. So, like, if you're going to give us three stars, let us know how bad we are in the comments. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah. We'll take it. We want to improve. Yeah, we 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 but understand. Don't, but, don't, but don't hide behind your star rating. Like, Acknowledge your star rating and stand by it. Right. Yeah. If so, you're going to be critical, like at least give us some. Yeah, give us criticism. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, wow. but we prefer five star ratings. To clarify, we're we're very much not all caught up in ourselves. <laughs> no, we're really not. <laughs> That's why I I'm okay happened with to three. Look, yeah, happened but, to look at it like, wait a minute, what, three stars? I'm going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, this? I'm hunting them down. Don't even know who it is. It was anonymous. Mm. So, uh, please even also, worse, you can't admit what you did? It's the it's the internet for you. If I'm going to leave a Google review, you're going to know I reviewed it. We're going wow. on Yelp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're I'm not going to leave a picture of it, but I'm at least going to put my name. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to talk about your bad service on Yelp and give you one star. Anyway. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram at What the What Media. As always, it is all, all one word. word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Now, I mentioned earlier, this is the first episode of our new season, Nine on the 90s. Which I will mm-hmm. continue to call the 90s on nine. Yes. Because of a because certain of the, radio yes. mm-hmm. that runs that with Mysterious. Yes, that, yes. We're, that we're not oh. affiliated In with at way. all. So. <laughs> that my old car doesn't care for. But the previous car, they would call you like once every couple of months. You sure you don't want to renew? I get emails and letters in the mail all the time from, you know, all of them. Like, hey, you listen to this during our, your free trial. Like, mm-hmm. don't you want to buy it now? It's like... No, I have Spotify. I, I pay for that. So. Exactly. I have Apple Music. Um, I actually also have Apple Music, and I don't pay for that, but I don't like their playlist, and they don't have as many good podcasts. Anyway. Um, to be fair, I think they pay their artists more. They do. I looked it up one time. They do. Because I have a they musician friends They pay them like a half a cent it. more, I think. Yep. That so, adds up. It does. So, nine on the 90s. Uh, this is our season. Um, we are all children. Technically, we're children of the 80s, but... We're, we identify as 90s mm-hmm. kids because we grew up... We were kids in the 90s. We were kids in the 90s. You know, I didn't turn 13 until 2000. So I wasn't a teenager until... Well, no, 1999 was when I turned 13. Anyway, so for most of the 90s, I was a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very excited about this season. Um, just a, a couple of... We have nine episodes because we want to keep the seasons kind of condensed. But when we were going through the planning process, there's so much out there that we could have done episodes on for the 90s mm-hmm. we might have to do a part two at some point um because we left out some good stuff but um we feel like we have a pretty good mixture of episodes that are coming your way we have i believe three movies we've got a couple of television shows we got a couple of music related episodes um we're doing a nickelodeon game show episode um just a good variety overall i would say so how do y'all feel about the 90s and our season I'm really excited because I feel like I really, especially like doing the research we've been doing lately, 
I realized how much I identify with so much of the 90s and how it did make me who... I'm not completely like, oh, it made me who I am, but at the same time... The 90s raised me. There's so much of it that when you think back on good times, it's because of things in the 90s that I automatically go back to. Style-wise, like, colors pop in my mind that are completely from the 90s. Like, you either say lime green or, like, neon orange. It's like, oh, Nickelodeon. Lisa Frank. Exactly. Like, there's so many things that pop up now that you automatically are like, oh, my childhood. Yeah. Like, that's my childhood because of these colors. You Uh, merely adopted the 90s. We were born in it. Molded by it. That's right. That's Technically, right. we're born in the 80s. And well, rolled I mean, into I feel like it's fair to say 80s babies, 90s kids. 100%. You know, truth. like I was born in 1988. Yeah. I, I have no concept of like the 80s pop culturally, except for things that I've experienced in retrospect, because you can't really say that you were a, a member of the 80s sure. generation if you were born. The last two years of the decade, you know, I was born in '87. I feel like anything that was big for me from '87 to '90 is because it kept going, and I found it in the '90s. Correct, like '90s were when we started having like experiences and interacting with pop culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. I also feel like, I mean, there's just maybe we go into every year feeling this way because of the how how things are cranked out these days and how much is being redone and reimagined and mm-hmm. re-whatevered. But I just feel like it, like going into this year feels like a, a really great time to be a millennial because there's sure. so much pop culture. Lots of nostalgia. That's happening this year. And so I feel like it's a great tie-in because I feel like we're not just going backwards for the sake of going backwards, mm-hmm. I feel like like we're covering Jurassic Park in this season, mm-hmm. which was a ninety three film, mm-hmm. and they're about to wrap up their Ju- second trilogy, and it looks like it's going to be well. They're reuniting you know, the yes. original from cast from ninety three in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it looks like it's going to be like the ultimate like closing of like this world in a sense that like everyone's coming back for this sort of last chapter. Um. And then, you know, we had talked about before we went on the air about the Super Time uh, Super Bowl halftime show. We can't mm-hmm. say Super Bowl. The Looper Knoll. The no. yeah, rhymes with <laughs> rhymes with Looper Looper Lowell. Whatever. <laughs> We're halftime not getting sued show. by the NFL this That's year. Right. <laughs> can't say NFL. Not again. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say NFL. This is why we have no Anyhow, money. <laughs> uh, you can't know, say money. They'll take it. That thing that happened on Sunday that was important. During the American Football National Championship. Go sports. Mm-hmm. Um, sports ball. You know, I feel like it, that that was a big moment for millennials and for music. And it just feels like a really good time to be having a 9 on 90 season mm-hmm. for us going into 2022. So I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. Um, if you haven't, check out our previous season where we did uh, holiday season. Uh, Halloween and Christmas um, themed episodes back in the fall of 2021. And then we also have a hundred other episodes of the What the What podcast in the archives, something for everybody. And we're just getting started. So Mm -hmm. um, tonight uh, our episode is one of, I think the listeners, you know, their genre of choice. They love our music episodes um, they constantly get the most downloads, uh, according to our data. So we're opening up with another music episode. This is the 90s mixtape episode. Um, first of all, before we get into this, who wants to explain to those people who are under 20, 25 even, what a mixtape is? 
very simply, it's a playlist. But I don't feel like for us, there may have been brief moments in our lives where we made mixtapes, and I'm sure we did maybe once or twice, maybe more depending, but we more so got into the burnt CDs era by the time we were old enough to really kind of be doing some things. Um, when we do our 2000 seasons, we'll talk about the burn CD for yeah, sure. Whole episode on Napster <laughs> yeah. and LimeWire. But um, it, it's pretty much back in the day for a mixtape in general, like you had to sit and wait for a song to play on the radio and you had to be ready and like sitting, waiting for as soon as it started to record on a blank tape you had in your cassette player to record that song. And so you would wait and want certain songs, you know, and some of some people, you just put it all together, but for the proper person, They had it all planned out. I want this here, this here. There's a theme to what I'm doing. So you would spend a lot of time waiting for that perfect thing, having your tape set right at the right moment to record these things. Um, And you didn't want to get the DJ talking over it. You didn't want him cutting in short after because that happens sometimes too. Uh, You know, we didn't have our phones first in general. We didn't have cell phones, but you didn't have as easy of access as you do now to music to just jump in and download things. Uh, we're just, if you want to hear this, hey, Siri or Alexa or whatever, like play this song. Um, we didn't have that option. Uh, so for us, we're putting together what we think, and correct me, I feel like we all kind of came at it with a different feeling a little bit, but some of the top songs of the 90s that made the 90s what they are and put it on a mixtape. Yeah, there's really, um, the main theme here is just 90s music. What do we think defined 90s mm-hmm. music? Um, there is a caveat here. Um, we are doing a boy bands and girl bands episode later this season. So for the most part, I know I did. I think Ashby did too. We intentionally avoided Backstreet Boys in sync. Spice and, Girls. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I still have the Spice Girls, um, but I put still. Them out. But uh, intentionally avoided, you know, for the most part, right? Uh, because they are going to get an in-depth look later this season. So when you hear the songs, you know, where's I want it that way? Right. Yes, we agree. It's where's it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is iconic and yeah. should be on any '90s themed playlist. Right. Um, but the reason it's not here is because we're doing we're dedicating a whole episode. I mean, I put in our notes here. Um, I don't think Kyle has seen. It. I don't know if I, you know, but. I, I literally put, screw it. We're going to have to do a boy That's bands, right. girl bands mixtape too, aren't we? Sure. 100%. Um, so, there's and then, so much. And then maybe even a one-hit wonder mixtape too because right. there's a lot of one-hit wonders in the 90s too. So That's, I feel like 90s was this very weird crossing over point for music, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. towards the end of the decade, you started to have what would eventually become known as streaming and some mm-hmm. especially like illegal streaming so mm-hmm. like napster um limewire things like Kaza. that started to say. pop up moving into the 2000s mm-hmm. um and so it really like that model of you know record company to radio to mm-hmm. consumer was gonna start being very interrupted mm-hmm. um as like as it had historically been known and going into the 90s i mean you're coming out of the 80s, right, which is, you know, hair bands, synth pop, yeah, big stuff sound, like that. Big, big sound. Big orchestrated sound that's yes. really over the top. Yes. And the 90s kind of starts that way. Right. Yes. Before it kind of dies into more subdued. Right. Like, this is who we are. Like, it's not necessarily big and loud. Right. Um, but it's it's meaningful. It's impactful. It's... Um, it's hard to really describe. I'm sorry, I, I, you, I cut you off. But. No, it's fine. I, I think you're right. I think you start the decade with 
this movement from what had traditionally been like what we now understand as classic rock Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. a more alt rock scene, which was in its own way, like loud and brash, but was also much more in, in a way like introspective and thoughtful and was not as flashy and glam Mm -hmm. rock, but more like grunge rock. Mm -hmm. You had scenes coming out of Seattle Mm -hmm. and underground stuff. You had the Riot Girl scene moving out Mm -hmm. of the 80s. And then you started to have sort of hip-hop I was going to say the birth birth of rap. and Well, not really the birth, but rap and hip-hop really became prominent in the early to mid-90s. Right, And there was still a... A scene for it before that, but it became mainstream. Right. With Dr. Dre, with Tupac, with uh, Snoop Dogg. Um, just right. So East many, versus West. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, East Coast versus West Coast. NWA, right. I'm, I'm leaving off the NWA. Yep. Right. Um, Ice Cube, Ice T. I mean, just so many great. Um, I, I was telling Kyle and you earlier um, this week, I could literally pick five great hip-hop rap songs, and it would be a fantastic list. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, but, it, have, but it would leave out such sure. much Right, you also have, like, and you have always had stuff coming out of Europe, mm-hmm. but I feel like the 90s was also the continuation of the, the sound, and there's actually a really fascinating documentary on it, and now I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, but, you know, it started with ABBA, and now mm-hmm. we sort of take for granted that all the good music producers and songwriters come out of Sweden. Mm-hmm. And like, if you think of um, like Dr. Luke, which is a really bad example, but yes. um, oh, who's the other guy who helps produce like Adele and Gaga and wrote a lot? Um, Max Martin. Yes. He wrote a lot with Britney and the Backstreet Boys. And so you started to have this, like, these one hit wonders mm-hmm. that were synth pop that were coming, like, think about, like, Ace of Base mm-hmm. um, and some others who's um, the Cardigans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Irish bands like the Cranberries. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just, like, it was such a different, weird, lilting. Literally, it was like Odd a m- sound. musical collage. Yes, yes. Where you literally could throw almost anything up there right. on the canvas. Right. And something is going to stand out on its own. Like, can, honestly, we I We could think... all look at the same musical picture. Yes, And yes. find a favorite part of the 90s music. Right. And we would come up with different things. Mm-hmm. And I think being a 90s baby is maybe one of the reasons that my musical taste is so eclectic. Because nothing sure. went together. It didn't have no, to. No, no one sounded the same. Right. You know? and, and that's one of my right. main criticisms. I mean, I'm going to sound like an old fart now because mm-hmm. just like our parents before us and their parents before us, right. I really can't stand music right. today music because I feel days. like it sounds yeah. the same. Yeah. I feel like it's all right. like just... Generated under like the same like little right. template, but I know it's not. But right, right. But the, right. the '90s, I felt like it was literally it's it was anybody's show, right? And nothing sounded the same. Everything was unique. Everything stood out on its own and right. had a message behind it that someone could identify with. Right. But there's also you've got this point where too, like I listen to the radio every once in a while now. Like I don't all the time, but like if I don't have my phone hooked up, I listen to the radio. And there's those few moments that like is a flashback for me to be like. I remember listening to the radio all the time 
and having DJs and having them talk about new records coming out or this new song premiering. Like, you don't hear that as much now. You really don't. Uh, right. And I'm sure there's stuff that still happens, but we just don't listen to it as often. But a big thing, like you mentioned, like with the, what became known as like the grunge movement was people that didn't weren't doing this to be famous. You had people that just, I'm playing music that I love and I want to do. It was good enough that it got out to the public, that the public loved it enough that the next you know, record companies were like, this is what we've got to do now. So we're going to jump here, right. make this huge. Right. Um, and you had a lot of artists that struggled with becoming so big because they never intended it to be. Uh, absolutely. Like they come out of, you know, places that weren't so much in the, you mentioned a little bit, but you had artists that were not aiming, you know, they were writing what meant something to them. and was very passionate to them. They weren't writing, I got to do this so it'll be on the radio. Right. And I feel like because of that, the same way we did have a wide span of music growing up, because if you talk 90s, you've got to talk about grunge and everything that switched and beat Michael Jackson on the billboard coming out of the 80s and everything. You know, all your hair metal and stuff is fading out because that's no longer cool because this is cool now. Uh, to growing into all the wild genres that come out of this. Uh, right. I talked with Michael at work because we used to, you know, we grew up together and a lot with music with each other and we talked about it. And it's like you could have a billion different 90s playlists because you know, not even we have yet to even mention like 90s country music, yeah, was oh, huge. Man. Oh, yeah, like and it's its own thing, it's as well. And how that became, and you come around to where you were still recording to tape, you know, back in the day, computers just were starting to be something that people would have access to. Mm -hmm. Some people were using it for crazy things or whatever, but like you were using it now where you could save your art and your stuff to a computer. And it was easier access. And as you progress closer to the 2000s, it's easier again. Like, well, And I do feel you fall into it, like you're talking about with modern stuff. You still have always had radio music mm -hmm. that have producers or people behind it that push to say, we need this to make money. Right. And this is what we need. But the same way, I think it falls in and out some where it is rounds of that. There's right. still music out there. But I think, too... We are in a situation where we used to have to rely on radio to hear well, these things. We relied, on, we relied on, excuse me, we relied on radio, but also MTV and sure. CMT. Sure, they, right. I don't know when they debuted. I think MTV was, TV was in the eighties, but it hit it big mm -hmm. in the nineties. Right. TRL was around to the nineties, hundred percent. Yeah, and you'd rush home to watch right. TRL. You'd, you'd rush home to watch right. TRL, or for me, the, you would go to school right. and listen to what was on TRL the day sure. before. Right. <laughs> I feel like that was one of the first times that, un, like, radio disc jockeys had had always sort of by by getting to select for the most part what they played, mm -hmm. they got to tell you what you what you should be interested yes. in. Mm -hmm. TRL was the first time that like someone came into your living room and is like, you need to be listening to this. Mm -hmm. You know? And you got to vote on it. Now yeah. I'm sure there were some rigged things behind it right. probably. It's television. But right. still. But you got to vote on it and you know there's really the equivalent to like MTV today is basically YouTube. But you have to seek out YouTube music videos because you don't get it on right. television now. I mean, I'm sure you right. do, but that was the big, you know, that music was so big in the 90s because of the rise of cable television and MTV and CMT behind it. Mm -hmm. And you would stay up late into the night waiting for certain videos to come on, like oh, certain yeah. music videos and stuff to come on. Oh, yeah. um, I w it made me think in the middle of this, I started searching up and like, there's movies that if you did not grow up in this era, like, you know, before this or whatever, if you're after this time period, if you go back and watch, go back and watch now, it's not going to make a ton of sense to you. Like, I think of Empire Records, where there's a giant record store. And I'm, I know they still exist. Like, record stores still happen. Because um, vinyl's making this whole other comeback and things, which mm -hmm. is awesome. And I think it's great. But, again, a lot of that talks about what certain things are playing on certain stations and everything else. Mm -hmm. You have the movie Airheads, where you've got three rockers that come in 
take first they just want their tape played on the radio and they do all these stupid things finally get there they end up shutting the whole place down on security lock because all they wanted was their tape played by this one radio station turns into a giant mess because of that but you see the backside of that and how those things work and then like Josie and the Pussycats was a movie that very much shows you this but then Mm -hmm. also makes fun of itself and shows the behind the scenes of like record labels want this so they're going to subliminally put this in records right uh, or songs in the background for you to be like oh orange is totally the new pink I hate my pink shoes I want orange shoes and like I want to drink this and that and I remember seeing that and they're in a record store or city store that reminds me of like a Sam Goody or whatever else that we got to experience in or FYE FYE where you would go and listen yeah and like they'd have a, a little thing on the side wall with headphones where the new albums were, you could listen to it and stay in there all day if you wanted to and listen to this new album on the headphones in the store in the same way that record companies would be paying these people to be like, push these new songs over your sound and like to sell records and how yeah. they did things. And it's 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 entertaining for me to go back and look at it. Right. If you didn't experience it, go back and watch it. But. I'm actually really glad that we... <laughs> I, we can't take credit for this, but actually Eric can take credit mm-hmm. for it. I will. That we planned it this way because I feel like... The 90s music movement, you know, from 90 to like 98 is what we have been talking about. And then you get to 98. Mm -hmm. And as you start moving into the 2000s, the last two years of the decade, that's when boy band mania hit. And it becomes an entirely different music Everything Same. does. Everything does. Everything Rock changes. Changed. You have new metal for the first. They have Limp Biscuit. Eminem's out at that it's point. It's almost yeah. like the I mean, last year of the nine. Like is indistinguishable from like the two, well, like early two thousand. Rap and hip hop evolves into R and B at that point. Right. With Usher. I'm just R. glad Kelly. that we put boy bands and girl bands in a separate mm-hmm. episode because when I started trying to think about what ninety songs I wanted on this episode, they were all boy and girl bands because. I was, for better or for worse, you know, an impressionable young Mm preteen moving out of the 90s. And so I forgot how musically diverse that that era was and Mm -hmm. all the different songs I was listening to, like through the radio and through my parents and and through MTV to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But the second that that pop craze hit... And I was being marketed to directly mm-hmm. as a music consumer for years. Like I was subsum- like I didn't listen to anything else except NSYNC and Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys and 98 Degrees and O Town. Like I was obsessed. And it took a while for me to come out of that. And I think that that is a very unique point in time mm-hmm. musically, especially for the people who are our age, especially to a certain extent for girls, because they figured out that they could market directly to us to a certain extent for the first time ever. And it, I mean, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Well, I would love to do an episode or something in the future too, like on that time period for us, because that was our lives late nineties into the early mid two thousands is, because as you said, going back to make this list, I thought immediately this is going to be easy. I love music of the 90s. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then you realize how vast Hard. this is. Right. And then like you say, there's that period of music as we were becoming teenagers that are, you know, around that age anyway, that were huge right. and important moments for us. And that actually falls in the late 90s, which I didn't realize for some things. And there's some albums that I was like, oh, no way. But wait, uh, hold on a second. It came out in 97. So, yeah, actually I did. Yeah, it's nuts. And so in that time period, 
Um, like looking this stuff up, I was like, what? Yeah, so I tried to avoid putting those in because again, yeah. it, it's right. Cause it, then it almost feels so big. It's us. getting its own episode. I know. Yeah. Cause when I realized I, I didn't want to include boy and girl band mm-hmm. stuff because that was a whole thing for me and we're doing a whole nother episode on it. Then I thought, well, I'll just pick five songs that I think define the nineties mm-hmm. and that I love and have listened to, but maybe don't necessarily define the nineties for me, mm-hmm. but that I feel like speak to, but even that it's so musically diverse. I was like five songs that like just five songs mm-hmm. that I think define the, I mean, it, I'm so interested to see what we all came up with. Yes. It's going to be tough. Uh, it is. And not to, you know, we can go into this conversation a little more with the boy band, girl band episode, yeah. but that's an era where the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC coexisted with Corn and Lint Biscuit. And here's yeah. a hot take. Nuts. They're all boy bands. Yeah, I think so. I <laughs> okay. think so. You know. Like, honestly, I think TLC's a girl band. Well, the same way you talked about it, how it marketed straight to you, they marketed it to us because there's in that time period, it was marketed to boys to hate those things. Mm-hmm. And then they marketed us the harder other side well, of things to love this instead. Well, right. that, that's yeah, it, you yeah know, like Papa Roach was mm. like the antithesis of a ba- boy Backstreet band. Backstreet Boys and Instinct were marketed towards girls. Corn and Limp Biscuit were marketed towards boys. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was the same concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just marketed like the same oh, way yeah. Pepsi Zero right. and Diet Pepsi, they're not the same thing, but Pepsi Zero is marketed to men because they don't want to be caught drinking diet stuff. And right. Diet Pepsi is marketed towards older women. Right. I mean... So it makes sense. It does. Uh, so that was a great explanation. I didn't even get asked the question. Explain 90s music. Why is it special and unique? We just mm-hmm. went into a Nailed 20 minute it. monologue there of why it's special and unique. So let's go into what songs made the cut. And the, um, the criteria here is very simple. All songs must have made their debut in the 90s to be eligible. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I checked over and everything has. Seems fair. So, we're going to start with Kyle. And Kyle, do you, how do you want me to, you want to play the song and then you talk about it? Or do you want to intro it? Let me talk for a second about it. Because I told Eric and them the other day, honestly, I don't necessarily love my list. Like, But the easiest way for me to put it together for myself was because, again, there's tons of songs that mean a lot to me. But I try to think of it as if I'm telling somebody else that's never listened to any 90s music, I try to go with what are big albums of the 90s that made a difference or changed things. So the first thing that came to mind for me is Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit off the album Nevermind because this is the one song that once it was heard changed the world and it toppled Michael Jackson on the charts. It changed everything that we knew of hair metal, everything else, and it's just iconic. I was like, I was talking to Michael again at work because we both got into this set at the same time. I don't even really care for this song anymore. I was the biggest Nirvana fan ever, like in high school or middle school. Like this was the first rock thing I got into. So I owned every CD. It's all I ever listened to. But at the same time, like you heard Smells Like Teen Spirit so many times. Is this a song now that you're like, eh, there's other ones. Like Lithium comes on. I'm going to listen to Lithium. This or Come As You Are, I'm probably going to turn like, I don't really know, care as much. Um, But I had to put this one on the list because this is the song that changed everything. This is the song that when I was in middle school, heard it and was like, what is this? Right. My only other, we briefly, and I'm not going to go long on it, but we had discussed previously uh, before we started recording, like growing up listening to oldies and everything else my mom listened to. 
I remember listening to Aerosmith as the first rock band to listen to because of Dude Looks Like a Lady on Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. But I remember hearing this in, I don't remember, late 90s, mid to late 90s, I guess, at this point in middle school. I bought the CD off of Andrew McCartan, who brought it. It was his brother's CD. He brought his brother's CD to school to me. I listened to it on a portable CD player in my backpack to make sure, like, this isn't broken. It's going to work. And I paid him, like, 20 bucks for a CD. I probably could have gone to the store and bought a brand new one. But I had this, like, secret thing. And I remember being pumped on it to be like, I cannot wait. This is going to be the first band I ever see live. And then I found out Kirk Cobain had died, like, five years before. Oh, wow. Like, And so, like, it was a big <laughs> ordeal to me. But it changed my life. It's, like, the first song I ever learned on guitar, everything else. So as a kid that had already come and gone as far as Nirvana itself, it brought in a whole genre that changed music and like, especially rock, but all around in that time period. So that song has to be included on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not even a big Nirvana kind of guy, but, and honestly, when I hear the song, the title, like I know it's an iconic song, but I don't ever place it in my mind until I hear that opening guitar riff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I know this song. You know, it's one of those, like, you know, when you see a movie and you're like, Okay, uh, who's this guy? I've heard this name before, and he seems like, oh, that guy. Yeah, Th- yeah. That is, oh, that song. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm definitely a surface level grunge fan. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I feel like music a lot of times is defined by just how it makes you feel. Hundred percent. And this song, even as like a 33 year old adult woman who's never really had any reason to be that angry with the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. When this song comes on and I hear that opening guitar riff, I want to throw something <laughs> just to throw it, just to you watch it smash it, against a mm-hmm. wall. Like that sound just makes me want to rage mm-hmm. and like in a really good way, yeah. you know, and I, I love that song because of that. Well, let's get to my first song. And this is a song that, I mean, I'm not really sure how to like really go into describing my picks other than this is 90s for me. Um, when I think of the 90s, this was absolutely the first song I thought about. So there's a reason it made the list when, when we're still talking about boy bands and girl bands in a different um, episode. It had to make this list. This is Wannabe by the Spice Girls. And you talk about a song that just makes you want to just jump up and dance. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I mean, well, let's just... Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I mean, I'll even right now... We're just kind of moving around. We're just kind of jamming to it. I mean, that, that's all I can really say about this song. It's just like when I hear it, it transports me back in time. Okay, the Spice Girls, let's just nod our heads. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. I mean, that's it's right. just, those are basic life principles. So. Girl power. One thing that's funny to me, though, is as we said a few minutes ago, as boys in this time period, we weren't supposed to like this. Oh, no, Correct. we weren't. Right. And, and if you asked us in public, we would have said, no, I don't like Ugh. that. Yeah. Hanson is a perfect example. Right. Like, Hanson was the first one to come through, and we're like, I hate Hanson, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Them and their stupid blonde hair. But and somehow you still knew yeah. all the lyrics to Mbop, or Mbop, and the same way you know all For the lyrics sure. to this, and Baxter Boys and NSYNC. For sure. We'll dive deeper some other time on yeah. the other episode. But oh, no, I cannot wait for the, the other episode. I have a Baby Spice Barbie doll that's nice. never been opened. Oh, snap. It's still in the packaging. She's going to let her breathe for the and first I time on the episode. Spice World on DVD. And I've never I watch watched it, it like once a year. It's delightful. We should watch it. I would love to. As a podcast. And like li- I can live tweet you guys watching it for the first time because mm-hmm. I, when I say you would love it, mm-hmm. It is one of the most underrated comedies. Oh, I would love, absolutely it's love to watch it. It's hysterical. It's so good. I'm down. Don't threaten me with a good time. No. <laughs> so we've got Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. I've got Wannabe by the Spice Girls. 
Ashby, what's your first song? Okay, so my first song, you know, like, again, I had to start out with that heavy pop that I, that the 90s, the pop is what the 90s means to me personally. It's what I was listening to. It's what I was begging my parents to buy for me. I have since, you know, grown the branches of my 90s music tree as I've gotten older. But if you took a peek backwards into like, you know, 10, 11-year-old Ashby's bedroom, this is 100% what she was listening to. (laughs) And trying to look like, and trying to dress Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. I remember this music video. Melissa Joan Hart was in it. It was like along with the You Drive Me Crazy mm-hmm. uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, as a boy, oh I wasn't supposed to like Britney Spears. You can't not like it. Get, it gets in your head. It's so catchy. Talk about TLC from before. I remember coming into school and then be like, "We gotta go home and like vote Faith by Limp Biscuit as number one." Did you vote yesterday? It's like 100 percent did. He's gonna make it to the top. But I actually voted for "Hit Me Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears. But I'm not telling you that. <laughs> like I, I called him. So this album, I left. <laughs> I left this album in my dad's truck one day because I had, you know, I was going riding with him somewhere. Mm -hmm. And of course, I insisted we listen to it. And I left it in there and like it stayed in there for like a whole week. Mm -hmm. And I remember him giving it back to me. And just like for the next week, I would catch him like humming Britney Spears under his breath. His Mm -hmm. favorite was, um, there was a a song on that album called Soda Pop. Soda Pop, mm-hmm. yes. He could not stop. I mean, so he, catchy. It's so catchy, so, and like I would hear him humming Soda Pop under his mm-hmm. breath. So I I was late to the CD game. Um, I got this big CD player for Christmas, like in '98 or '99. That's first and off, too, something that pe- kids like that are younger now yes. don't understand uh-huh. having a giant CD player yes. oh, yeah. or boombox. Oh um, yeah. And I remember going over to Jerry Naren's house, and you know, I only had like three CDs. I mm-hmm. had the Space Jam soundtrack. I had an Eagles Double Live. Um, I might have had Bob Seger's greatest hits because you know I enjoyed Bob Seger for some reason. You were an old soul. I was yeah. an old soul. Not but a good really, saxophone. Um, but I didn't really have many <laughs> CDs, and so I went to Jerry's house, and he's like, "You can borrow some of my CDs." So I borrowed like some of the, like I'm going through a CD case, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll chumble one, but cool. Mm-hmm. I like Tough Thumbing. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, let's let's grab this, and I see it, the Britney Spears CD, mm-hmm. and I look around. He's not around. I grab it, put it in my mm-hmm. stack. <laughs> and like three months later, he calls me. He's like, did you borrow my Britney Spears CD? Nah, man, don't I was know. Like, what happened to what that? What are you talking about? He's like, I can't seem to find it. Like, wait, you listen to Britney Spears? And he's like, no. Um, <laughs> my, mom, my mom's looking for it. <laughs> That's a great cover up to be like, why would I have your CD? My mom's looking for it. I was like, it. look, maybe he got mixed in with my CDs. And I, you know, I finally like gave it back to him. I was like, sorry, right. I don't know how it got here, man. Don't, but don't I enjoyed know. six great months of listening to Mysteries that Mysteries of life. <laughs> yep. So good. Man, I was, oh, Britney Spears. Well, instead of chasing Britney Spears, what, what should we be chasing, Kyle? Uh, we should be chasing Waterfalls by TLC. Uh, again, I have a sister that's five years older than me. So there's a point that her music uh, genres, things that she listened to had an effect on me. I didn't have a CD player, didn't have anything. She had a portable CD player 
And I remember listening to this CD nonstop until the batteries would die and that portable C player. Um, and not just this one song, but the whole album by TLC. And there's just something about it that was completely different than the oldies and beach music that I had listened to growing up because of my mom or random rock music. And it just had a giant effect on me as a kid, like getting into a wider variety of music that I never listened to. So Waterfalls by TLC. Like, Y'all don't hear me. Talking about uh, like misheard lyrics. Oh, go, go, sure. Jason Waterfalls. I was like, what go, is he, go. Captain well, Planet or something? <laughs> the, uh, sure. Go, go, Jason Waterfalls? The, uh, the Bart <laughs> Can that Sim- be a book in our uh, What the What series? <laughs> the, uh, the Bart Simpson parody version of the song, Don't Go Chasing Phony Calls. Mm. Please stick to the, uh, the seven digits and, or area codes and seven digits that you're used to. Also, there was 100% a radio edit of that song, and I didn't realize that there was a version that had Left Eyes rap. Like, I didn't realize oh, yeah, that really she good. rapped in it because I'd always just heard the radio version until, like, streaming Spotify, mm-hmm. whatever came along where I could get the album version mm-hmm. of it. And I was jamming, and she came in with that rap, and I was like, what is this? My God, it's good. I remember listening <laughs> to it as, like, this chubby little white kid, and I'm like, "What is this?" I'm like, "I had the like the biggest crush ever on a Left Eye," and I again, oh, yeah. all I had was the CD booklet to go off of to be like, "Oh, this is what she looks like." Right. Oh man, listen to that. That's really cool. How is she doing this? And like, I had this giant secret crush on her right. for like the longest oh, time yeah. because of this. It and just I love changed me. learning raps, and I, like, there obviously there are rap rappers that I can't even begin to like keep up with, but I like learning like just little rap parts and songs and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's the one rap that no matter how many times i listen to it i've never been able to learn it i would sit there and like fake my way through it just to be like she'd be proud of me yeah she would totally love she would love that i could kind of do what she does like she would really like this yeah (laughs) such a great song just such a great song Mm -hmm. so um i had to go to amazon music um all these other songs being played on spotify but this artist has a exclusive deal through walmart and amazon music I had to go to my country roots. I had to blame it all mm-hmm. on my roots, really. When I, you, always, um, you got to. Got mm-hmm. to, um, because as uh, in the early 90s especially, I rode with my dad mowing grass every day and in the summertime, and he was a strict, we're listening to 94.7. That sounds like a country song in itself. Yeah. <laughs> 94.7, and that's all, you know, QDR, that's all we're going to listen to. So my first taste of music in general was country. Look, I don't care what anybody says. 90s country was lit. Oh, for no, sure. Nothing, yeah, 90s country is... Somebody said that. I saw that the other day. It's like, okay, that's amazing Super Bowl. Give it next year, 90s country. Well, like, 100%. Our, our producer Ricky even said, like, when they had the Super Bowl in Nashville, they didn't have all the classic ni- uh, country artists. Mm. Yes. For all those yes. country music fans, so... Um, but this is... Um, this is Garth Brooks. Puts on a great show. This is Friends in Low Places. Friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. 
in that low note. And, and I'll be okay. okay. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I've been practicing that for like years <laughs> of my life. I didn't listen to a lot of country, but I watched movies where this was, and I was like, this is it. This is my moment. So imagine six, seven-year-old Eric or any of us who listen oh, to country man. music yeah. singing about getting yes. wasted. Yes. <laughs> where the whiskey drowns and the beard chases our blues away. That's we what it was about. We had no idea mm-hmm. what it was about. I was just like, yeah, he told her. Uh-huh. I mean, he literally he has a he's line. He's got friends. In low places. In everywhere. I don't even know what that means, but he's got them. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. No, he's got them. He's, he's definitely got them. And, you know, people would, fr- I don't know how they didn't freak out by then. They probably did, not we didn't realize mm-hmm. it. But there's a line in the song where he mentions about being as high as that ivory tower That's that right. you're living in. Like, you can't mention right. the word high. Look, oh, my well, goodness. Sure Garth Brooks was ahead of his time in the he country sure music scene was. in the 90s. Because if you've mm-hmm. ever heard We Shall Be we Free, shall be my free. God, talk about mm-hmm. a song that I can get real pumped up to. Have a little faith, hold out. Ugh. I feel like good. this is our calling. Like, they're doing a lot of like emo concerts now where it's literally you rent out a place, have a DJ that's playing like all the emo stuff. Oh, yeah. This would be us just playing 90s hits. Like, I have a 90s country music playlist. Uh, as I do mean, I. Watermelon we'll Crawl, <laughs> my jam. We'll have a what um, the what uh, DJ party where we just come and we uh, play music all night. Other country music pizzas. songs that were under consideration but didn't make my list was Boot Scoot and Boogie by mm-hmm. Brooks and Doug. Uh-huh. Way, way out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, past the yeah. single limit sign, there's always a honky tonk, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then uh, should have been a cowboy, Toby Keith. Yeah, I disagree with his political so stuff, but I love that song. So. Yes, yeah. One of my favorites is um, the John Deere Green by Joe oh, Diffie. Oh yeah, Joe Diffie. Yep. Woo! Some good, good Woo! stuff. Country. Man. We we need to do you know just a music season and just talk about anyway. Huh? Getting off track. Ashby. Okay, so what you got I'm, for us? I mentioned them. Uh, when we were doing our breakdown of 90s music, uh, that sort of like synth, they live in that synth life. I had never heard anything like this yes. before. As like an, an eight-year-old, this would come on Mix 1.5 mm-hmm. all the time. And I remember just being like, never have I ever heard anything sound like this. Yes. feel like a DJ. Just, yeah. I know, right? I've got a DJ like little app on my iPad. I should have just brought that out and started just mixing it, you know, just. I mean, it's basically about this girl like moving on, you know, mm-hmm. and realizing she deserves more than she's been given in a relationship. But I had no clue because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Did this you is hear, amazing. Did you hear I saw the sign or the sun? I heard I saw the sun. I saw the sun. Yeah. And it opened up my eyes. I saw the sun. And Ace of Base also, they were not a one-hit wonder. They had some good stuff. They had some pretty good stuff. And also, like, lyrically questionable. Like, I had no idea, like, all that she wants is another baby. Mm. Like, that that was a song that they put out. And I was like, what? Definitely a lyric. Definitely a lyric that existed. Yes. (laughs) 100%. But I just, I was too young to be really aware of what my parents had been listening to mm-hmm. if i had i would have understood that this came out of sort of like where the like before ace of bass people like the eurythmics had been doing mm-hmm. it but sure. i had no concept of the 80s synth scene and so something like this hitting a pop music station that i listened to and hearing something like that for the first time mm-hmm. with like snap beats and not actually having a drummer just having like synth drums mm-hmm. and 
None of that was on my radar. And so I just thought like, wow, this is, I've never heard music sound like this before. And it, it definitely stuck with me. Like I still really love synthy music. Yeah. Not to go on a deep rabbit hole, but there's an amazing documentary out that Dave Grohl pretty much is the center of called Sound City, where they talk about this old studio where they recorded Nevermind, but it had been there for decades before with Tom Petty, all sorts of people up until more modern. But um, they briefly discussed that where before it had been all tape, you all play at the same time in the room right there together. And then there was a pushback when like computers came around. But then they t- have Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails come in and they talk about how he was one of the first people like in that genre, at least using computers, not to like erase what the history was, but instead to use it in more modern ways in this way. Same way, like right. synth sounds um, and different drums and different sounds that just you couldn't get out of instruments otherwise. Right. Um, and it's neat to see how those type of things play forward now. I totally recommend that documentary. Go watch that. Yeah. Um, but it's also the, same. the documentary on Netflix about the history of drumming because it really? talks about the same thing where it's like the the history of drumming from jazz to rock and then basically how 80s bands sort of erased drummers because mm-hmm. of the synth. Like you could just have a, like a, a drum those pad. pads, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then moving back into 90s grunge, you brought the drummer back mm-hmm. in with bands like Nirvana and stuff. And so it's it's a really fascinating documentary. Well, you're seeing it now too, like because for a long time, at least in the past 10 years, music got very heavily into electronic again. It may not necessarily sound like it, but you don't have musicians in a studio playing a lot of these things. Right. Um, and I know, like, some people like or some don't, but, like, Avril Lavigne was on an interview with Mark Hoppus the other day, and she was talking about that, where this is finally an album that she's not, didn't do it under a record label. She didn't have any backing. She just got with Travis Barker, started making an album and some other people. She's like, this album actually has guitars on it again, and it has drummers. She's like, whereas the modern music hasn't had these type of things in a while, like, we're bringing musicians back into this and making it what I want it to be. So it's cool to see like it's circling around again where you're starting to hear real instruments all over again in mainstream music, you know, even though you have access to everything in the world now, but still right, it's there. My turn. Your turn, Kyle. Your turn. This is an album that I didn't listen to as much as a child. I listened to certain songs, but it's an iconic album that changed a lot mm-hmm. and inspired a lot of people. I know Katy Perry as one of her mm-hmm. major things to even just get out of what she grew up doing to go out on her own and try to be a musician. But um, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, the album was life-changing for a lot of people. It was very, you had a, a woman coming out, putting out very strong lyrics on very strong, real things. This was the original Taylor Swift template. Yeah. yeah. And some of it's even darker, like for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like coming out, not being afraid in the same way, not aiming right. to be like, this is my radio song. Right, right. She's like, I'm putting out good music, but I'm going to do exactly what I want on it, uh-huh. and it is what it is. Um, I chose Ironic. I think it's a fun song, especially the music video. If you go and watch it, it's crazy a little bit, um, but it's fun to watch. Uh, but the whole album in general is just a life-changing type thing. And see, I hadn't been playing the uh, – I've been playing the music like, kind of in the background while people are talking, and mm-hmm. then like I'll turn the um, volume up whenever we get to – you know, a point where you're done talking, it'll be around the course, whatever. But the intro to this is just, for sure. you mm-hmm. know, we got to start from the beginning. So mm-hmm. here you go. Ironic. Fast forward just a little bit to get to the course. 
It's just like it's awesome to me because especially with that one, it's just a straight up like rock song. It starts emotional and like kind of pretty and everything else. But same we go listen to some of our other ones. It's still that same genre, mm. but it's a very different like take on it. Like Yeah. And oh so there's God. so much that like, I totally Ooh. recommend, like definitely again, some serious topics that us as 90s kids had no clue what yep. we were singing about, yep. but like... Poor Uncle Joey. Yeah. That's about all we need to say about that one. <laughs> do your own digging. Yeah. <laughs> Poor yeah. Dave Coulier. <laughs> do your own research. Yeah. Do your own... Listen half, to you on Half-baked internet alone. research there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good choice. Um, Alanis Morissette is one of those mainstays on... Uh, we mentioned Mix 101.5, who mm. when we were growing up, originally their tagline was 80s, 90s, and today. Mm. Or no, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Right. And then as we got older, it was 80s, 90s, and today. Right. Because mm. there's not a you know catchy... I mean, just you can't like, call it the alts. You, yeah. you know, we didn't right. call it that back in the day because right. I, I didn't know what that meant. And I like but. consider how music finds you too, right? Because this mm-hmm. song came out in '95. Mm-hmm. I was seven. Sure. And by the time I was 16 and I had my own car, mm-hmm. I owned that album mm-hmm. on a CD. I don't know where I bought it, when I bought it, why I bought it. I just know I bought it, mm-hmm. and I ran like ran around in my car listening to. Every song on that album because sure. they're all fire mm-hmm. at like top volume with the windows down, mm-hmm. screaming my lungs out the way that Atlantis would have wanted a young for sure. To listen Absolutely, to it. in this music 100%. video, she does that. She does yes. it. four versions of yes. herself all in there. All and like their every single song, like on that album, still like head over feet. You learn. <laughs> still, I will like if it comes on in the car, I'm screaming at the top of my mm-hmm. lungs. It's really. Good I think stuff. that's an iconic. Like that moment right there is a '90s thing. I'm sure it happens for everybody else, but for us in our generation, it's that's a 90s hit for us. If that comes on, you turn it up and just want to belt it at the top mm-hmm. of your lungs, mm-hmm. that's a hit of the 90s for yourself, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of hits from the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Will Smith. You know, Will mm-hmm. Smith is one of those entertainment renaissance men who was very accomplished in the early 90s right. with television mm-hmm. um, and then transitioned over to the movie industry. And all the while, putting out music. And his mm-hmm. early 90s music, you know, as the Fresh Prince with DJ Jazzy Jeff, to me, it, it slaps still. But it's mm-hmm. what you can kind of consider like cringe rap a little bit. Like it's very straight and on the arrow with like, you right. know, make sure you listen to your parents. Ha ha. You know, just. Will Smith ain't um, got a cuss in his records to yeah, sell them, Well, I um, do. So. Starting. <laughs> Y'all know. Starting, <laughs> starting in the mid 90s, his stuff, you know, became a little more hip hop ish and a little more enjoyable to the masses. And we're going to go with his first big hit of the mid 90s. This is getting jiggy with it. So um, it's, I don't know. You hear it and go ahead and get the dance. Just go ahead. Go ahead and get your dance on. This was a staple at our middle school dances. For sure. Oh yeah. Ha ha. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance for pro. I know you know I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit. Gotta get jiggy with it. Food that finish. Ha Big Willie Styles all in it. Getting jiggy with it. And then you also, of course, have the Weird Al parody where his is, I got jiggy with it. <laughs> Woo! Weird Al. Always oh, making it weird. Weird Al, yes, yep. always. On brand. But, you know, just one of those songs, that's, you, again, you hear it, it's 90s, mm-hmm. and it makes you want to just start moving your hips, moving your shoulders a little bit, getting that little groove in your, in your beat there. And you could be driving in the highway and you hear it and you just start nodding your head, you know, just... 
Um, I'm, I'm being more and more convinced that we need to rent out like yeah. a community building, yeah. have a DJ party, have a middle school dance for the 90s, like, and just play it and go have fun. Yeah, for everyone in their mid to late 30s. Now. For sure. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like the whole, the whole emo thing is happening. There's a giant emo cruise about to happen now. We could at least as a uh, small town podcast put on something like that. I'm down. What the what? Uh, whatever dance you want to party. Call it. Dance party. Yep. 90s mm-hmm. dance party. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So my next one. This is another thing that I know I was surrounded with in the 90s. And it didn't become clear to me that it had seeped into my subconscious until later in life when I learned that I love this kind of music. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I was too young in the 90s to be listening to like the Wallflowers, the Gin Blossoms. Sure. But you had some of those bands have breakthrough radio hits. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. And I remember they played this song. Ad nauseum on the radio. All the time. And my mom and I would jam to it in the car. And then it wasn't until later that I realized what it was about. But it's still a banger. We're not going to mention that one particularly. We're just going to let it sit. This is a totally Kinley Pool song. Yes. 100%. Yes. We've talked about it a little bit in the past. That was 100% one of those songs. Um, and not stealing your thunder. This was on my list and I took it out only because I tried to like cut my list down. Fair. But it's an album that I really didn't listen all the way through until like in the past 10 years. Right. And again, you discover like, right. oh, wow, there's a lot of things here that yes. I did not have any idea. Yes. I was belting at the top of my lungs. Correct. Well, because there's an that amazing part album. where you don't, like, to be fair, it was a misheard lyric sure. for me. Mm-hmm. So even if I had listened to it correctly, I wouldn't have understood what it was talking about. But mm-hmm. I didn't even hear it correctly. Sure. So I would just do that thing you do when you don't know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, because I didn't know what they were saying. And then later when I actually looked up the lyrics, I was like, what? This is still a go-to album for me where I'm like, if I'm at work and I get like a ton of orders but I need to really just like stop whatever and go to town entering I will pull up this album just third eye blind is what it is and yep. just put it on, like on YouTube or wherever else right and just from top to bottom it's an amazing album yeah well like, it's like I again now that I'm older and I go back to certain types of music like I I have playlists that fit my moods more mm-hmm. than anything else and third eye blind you know one headlight by the wallflowers mm-hmm. jealousy by the gin blossoms yep. found out about you by the like there there is a certain like string of radio hits by bands like that that just take me back to a certain place for sure and now that i'm older the sound of the song is what i remember 100%. but now that i'm older i can also appreciate a lot of the lyrics because a lot of those bands were putting out really introspective mm-hmm. interesting things and so i i now realize that i'm a huge fan of that genre mm-hmm. um and all of those sort of 
band like Oasis and stuff were sure. coming out with things in the nineties that I'm only now really appreciating from a musical lyrical standpoint, mm-hmm. but that got pushed to radio and blown up. And so they have these kind of hits that you can use to like dive into their deeper tracks. Them as a whole, like all of the string of bands you just listed is something like that makes your heart smile almost like it mm-hmm. makes you jump, like something in it, like your heart just flutters almost a little bit just to be like, if I was to pick a perfect soundtrack for a perfect time in my life, you know, you're probably over, you know, making it probably a lot better than we probably was either way. But it puts me at the Kinley pool on the absolute best day ever with the best crew ever doing whatever, like yeah. in your mind, it's like, that was the best day of my childhood. Like mm-hmm. that'd be the soundtrack. It's all of those strung right behind each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in most music episodes, this is where we'd be done. But this Not is the today. 90s. Yeah. Nine on the 90s. You no. get five That's songs right. per podcaster. That's Strap 15 in. total. We're going to stretch the limits of that little tape mm-hmm. and try to get as much on there as we can. Yeah, we are. So, Kyle, take us home with number four. Well, not, no, take us on. Not take home. us onward. Take us onward with number four. Um, just in general, this group was completely different than anything I'd ever listened to growing up. And so it was just life-changing for me. Because the same way, like, I wasn't in a variety that listened to tons of, like, hip-hop, anything else. But this was a crossover between like rock and rap and hip hop. Yeah. And so sabotaged by the Beastie Boys and just in general, the Beastie Boys. But once again, songs that I don't know all the words to, but I will I will hum at the top of my lungs, like <laughs> with the windows down to this. That's just like straight oh, jamming, yeah. like the bass lines, all these things. Like, oh, yeah. All their stuff is awesome anyway, but just like that one in general for me just gets me pumped, especially if I'm driving like on a back road. Yeah. I love that that was one of the musical cues for one of the recent Star Trek movies. Mm. I think it was the third J.J. Abrams Star Trek, like beyond something beyond. Anyway, mm. um, that was one of the musical cues for one of the like fight scenes, uh-huh. but it's. I forget the technical term for music that only the viewer can hear and music that's actually a part of the film that the people in the movie mm-hmm. can hear. And it was one of the in scene. So like they're playing it on the bridge of the starship after they go into this battle. And like one of the dudes has picked it as like their fight song. That is awesome. And they're all like great pick. And it just made me smile to think that like in, in the context of the film, it means that like, 2,000 years from now when we're doing space travel that the Beastie Boys catalog like made it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's delightful to think of it. (laughs) Well, moving on to my next pick, we had to have a love song in here. There's so many great, so many great love songs. Um, You know, I skipped over Casey and Jojo all my life. I skipped over all for ones. I swear I left alone into the road by boys to men. (sighs) Could not. I almost brought Celine in, but I didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's a. I mean, a fantastic '90s song. I mean, my heart will go on. It should be on this list, honestly. But True. we left it off. But Aerosmith from 1998, uh, the Armageddon soundtrack. This is "Don't Want to Miss a Thing." How many slow ta- slow dances did we have? So many. In that North Johnston now micro elementary school gym. So many bubbles. I can see the bubbles yes. now. Yes. Just bubbles all around. Six there. inches, ladies and gentlemen. Smoke. Yep. <laughs> Reaching those arms out, barely touching that. Leave room for Jesus. Yep. yep. All right, jump on in, y'all. I don't wanna close my eyes. 
Oh my goodness, but just so iconic and just barely made, you know, barely made the list here because it's, you know, where it's placed in the 90s, but um, it's definitely a 90s song and it's definitely um, a peak 90s song. I was sharing uh, some previews of my list with some coworkers today and they're like, well, of course you've got to have, you know, don't want to miss a thing on there. I was like, well, of course. Well, of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. And and then Ashby, you've got one that uh, I feel like definitely has to be on here for I just want to say really quickly a fun fact about Aerosmith um, because this just came onto my radar like last year the year before because someone it was a trivia question Mm -hmm. and it was um, Aerosmith's a really popular rock band but they actually don't have a lot of accolades like a lot of you know like number one or whatever Mm. and so They've been around since the 70s, but what a lot of people don't know is they were kind of like a rough and tumble, like, biker band. Like, you did not go see an Aerosmith concert unless you were, like, looking to get into... Like, it wasn't a safe environment to just, like, go see an Aerosmith concert in the 70s and 80s. They didn't have a number one hit until the 90s. Can you believe that? That's insane. That's tough So, like, Aerosmith got... Popular yeah. by the definition of popular with this song, this at like not until the 90s was Aerosmith like a a really well, well decorated. Think, yeah. Aerosmith band. was Crazy. the first live band I ever saw of the like I chose to go to on my own, right? Um, I still wasn't old enough. Me and Michael went with his parents because thankfully, like you say, it spanned a generation where we could share this together. And I remember, like, I won't say names because I don't really know the name, but this this drunk lady came up. And I was there, and she grabbed me, and we started dancing to Aerosmith on the lawn. And this is my first time ever at a concert. This is weird. It's awkward, but it's kind of like, this is amazing. This is, you know, I'm like 12, 13 years old. The lady stops, looks at Michael's mom, and goes, Polly Thompson. So they knew who she was. I still to this day don't know what lady I was dancing with. But I, I could see that, especially going back and listening to older Aerosmith stuff. I yeah. can see where that falls into that. I mean, that. they they got onto the scene in the '80s with the Run mm-hmm. DMC collab. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. Well, and that crossed way. a major yeah. barrier with oh, that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Am I next? Yeah, you are next. What What's my next one? I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Okay. So again, I had to take it back to um, two things. One, pop, pure pop. Second thing, me listening to things that yes. I knew nothing about. <laughs> this is Barbie Girl by Aqua. It's uh, I don't know. Should we give like a rating warning or something? <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Turn it down if you have kids in the car, really quick. <laughs> yeah, five seconds ago. Let's go party. So Aqua, not quite one hit wonders. Mm-hmm. They had another more inappropriate song, if you can believe it, called Candyman. Um, they had amazing cover art, though, and logo. They had, like, I think of what No Doubt was to us. Sure. Like, oh, the way no that doubt. they stylized themselves. And they're, I'm not taking away from their talent because they're a fantastic mm-hmm. band. Um, but the idea that your look 
really sold your vibe for as sure. much as your music. Like for for all of Aqua's, I mean, if you, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, protect their talent like I would, no doubt. Um, it is what it is. It's synth pop, but um, you know, they definitely understood having the look right. Sure. Like their their music videos and their look. I, and I honestly, I haven't done any research. I know nothing about the band Aqua. But I had the Barbie Girl CD. I don't know how I got it. <laughs> if if through no other reason than my parents had no idea what they were buying for me, because I don't know if they actually cussed. So I don't think they had to have an explicit mm-hmm. warning. I think it was just all very like very, um, thinly veiled yeah, subtle metaphors. references, metaphor, yeah. And so I think that because the cover was like these like a bombshell bottle blonde mm-hmm. and some dudes dressed in weird things in front of like a pool background. Yep. I think my parents probably thought it was like some Disney Channel pop. This, this is like yes. a CD. Right. And they bought this it from the me. Well, same way, like the single is Barbie girl. Like, and so again, I don't think our parents really listened yeah. too much to what deep into the lyrics of They're things. They're singing either. about Barbies. That's so good for right. my, my right. sure. To this day, I did no background on the band. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're from. I have no, I just remember this song was a part of my, Childhood. The same way, like Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba. Oh like, goodness. same iconic album, bright green with mm-hmm. a purple baby on front. I played, right. I played Tub Thumping today in class, and, and then I heard the little, like, whoa, 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 can't play that. Never mind. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We are no longer pissing now, the night my, away, my guys. My mom <laughs> was listening to me sure. listen to that. She did have a problem with that because mm-hmm. I remember her, it because they would play on Mix 1.5. For sure. I mean, it was a huge radio yeah. hit. And she would turn it down. I'm like, Mom, I love this song. And she's like, We are not listening to You take a to whiskey that. drink, they you take a log drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take songs that remind you of the good times. You take songs that remind you of the best times. It's such a good song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, That's a one-hit one. That'll make the one-hit so wonders episode. Go listen to so. Barbie Girl, and then if you're feeling adventurous, listen to Candyman by mm-hmm. Aqua. <laughs> All right. We're in the short rows here, Kyle. Take yeah. us home. Last one. Uh, this one goes right in that string of artists that Ashby talked about earlier. Puts me right there at Kinley Pool. I've... I picked one before. Champagne Supernova is an amazing song that I feel like puts me right at the Kinley Pool. This is another one that's just historic that goes on forever. And again, an amazing album by a band that we really know a ton about until they came around, but Oasis. Um, What's the Story, Morning Glory is the album. First off, amazing album name, but Wonderwall mm-hmm. is a song that just generation after generation is put in so many movies. There's jokes, memes, everything about this song, but it's just an awesome song. throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you now something that hit me big too is like i've thought about the goldberg's tv show before and i love that show because it reminds me of like a more modern wonder years for us he has a moment i think with his girlfriend and his friends where he kind of like screws things up and he comes and puts together, like you would back in the day of some sort, like a video collage of his friends and like showing like his love for them. And in the midst of doing this, this is the song he chooses as the background music. And it's like, that's 100% me, especially at a younger age. Like this would be something I would pick to be like, if I'm showing something emotional about me and my friends and how I love them, I'm going to pick this song. Yeah. Like, and I don't necessarily miss her because of the lyrics or anything. It's just that emotional feeling that that... Mm-hmm the simpleness of that song gives you. Um, it's also like, I think one of the more beautiful lyrics on 
summing up what it feels like to have a crush. Yeah. Like, I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like in this moment, it's, I love, I've always loved that song. And I feel too, like we've talked about it a little bit, but we're growing up with this, especially towards the later end of the nineties where we're starting to like develop feelings and become teenagers. Right. Like, so we're starting to have these moments of, Mom and Dad, you don't understand. Right. The, like these deep feelings that mm-hmm. seem like no one else is having them. No one else has ever felt like this. Yep. Like I'll never not feel like this. Yep. And we had songs that you could like dance around to and like mm-hmm. get pumped up to. But we also needed songs that we could just lay 100% on the floor, on our back, mm-hmm. in our room and listen to and just like try to keep ourselves contained within our body. Just exist in like, that moment of Right. That. Like, mm. just try to keep all these big feelings I'm feeling mm-hmm. inside myself, you know? And that's one of those songs, I think, that helps you contain your emotions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this next song, I struggled, you know, with picking this last song. And I always, I always kept coming back to the song that I ended up picking. But uh, some songs that missed out on this were... Uh, no Diggity by Blackstreet, uh, Rosa Parks by Outkast, Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Um, just, Some good ones. Don't Speak by No Doubt was a contender here. I had it Man. typed in at one point this afternoon. But this is very much a recency bias pick, and which is hilarious because these are 90s songs. But I heard this song... Not open the Super Bowl halftime show or the Nooper Knoll halftime show. Um, <laughs> the Looper Show. Yeah. On, um, on the Ball Network on, television on, show. On Sunday. But it was like the second song played. And it just, I mean, it just got me, it took me back mm-hmm. to just the first time I heard this song. And again, I grew up, uh, well, let's just play it. I mean, this yeah. is, man. This is, this, just... is, this is Tupac. This is Dre. This is Roger. This is California Love. Like so, I grew up listening, like I mentioned earlier, to a bunch of country music. And country music's great, um, but as I got into my middle school years and my high school years, I was slowly discovering this new genre of hip hop, rap, R and B. And the the, the halftime show this past Sunday was just a. It was like it was a love song written to the mm-hmm. the part of me that just loves that music. I, I co-opt a phrase from. Propaganda, the uh, the Christian rapist spoken word poet, where he says, you know, I just know the gospel and good hip hop, <laughs> and, mm. and that's you know that sums up me pretty well, you know, in a nutshell. I know the gospel and good hip hop, and you know, a bunch of random TV mm. quotes. But um, this song, I mean, just it's beautiful. Mm. I mean, that that's the only way to really describe it to me is just you hear it, it it transports you in time. I mean, you just, you start nodding your head and, um, I just, I can listen to it all day. I mean, it was always going to come back to this song. This song has to be on this list. Hip hop, um, in the nineties to me, this song representing that whole genre, you couldn't have another song that represented hip hop. You could have had gangster's paradise. Yeah. Um, you could have any of the songs I mentioned earlier, still DRE, um, all of those would have been fantastic representatives, but this one stands well above them. And I was right. reminded of it 
this past Sunday watching that halftime show just how lucky and blessed we were to have this song. I just remember the first time I ever heard this song and probably Gangster's Paradise and just thinking like, well, that's different. Yeah. You know, like never heard that before. We were watching the new brewer Lowell at our house the other day. And Erica, like this, we were watching, we were watching the halftime show of the new brewer Lowell. Um, and Erica, this song came on and she like started for sure like dancing on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Especially like, and then she has that connection where she lived in like California for a year or more. And it's that connection she made with friends, but it's being in that place again, even at an older time period when this, you know, but you're like, I'm here. This is the song from my childhood. I now think of friends and these memories and these moments current time because of the song here. And like, so it was just awesome to see that experience from her. For me, it, it was exposure to a whole new world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, literally because, mm-hmm. um, you know, forgive me for saying this, but just the truth, you know, growing up listening to nothing but country, that's 99% a bunch of old white guys, you know, you got your, you know, I mean, just, and this opened up the world to other people, other culture, other points of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, just more than just what the box that I was raised in and um, and grew up in, it opened my eyes to a whole new world of different types of music, different types of people, different, um, just different backgrounds, just so many mm-hmm. wonderful things that this life is worth learning about and living for. Um, cause it, life is more than just our experiences. It's everyone's experience. And this song was a gateway for that, for me, mm-hmm. where I, I can hopefully maybe not experience, you know, someone else's life, but I can at least see it and, and try to understand it and try to be, become privy to it. So, um, I just, I, like I said, it, it just, it opened doors for me and it, it got me out of my one room house that, you know, metaphorically I'd mm-hmm. built for myself where this is what I know and this is all that matters. And it opened me up to so much, so much more. So sorry to go on that rant, mm-hmm. but, um, it was no, important it's completely to important. Yeah. So, um, Ashby, take us home. So I feel like this is a very iconic 90s song. Um, I feel like every single girl who I was growing up with at the time would have been able to belt it out. It's. It also just happens to be about growing up and moving on, and I appreciate it even more when I went away to college. But Dixie Chicks, mm-hmm. wide open spaces. Who doesn't know what I'm talking about? Who's never left home? Who's never struck out? A young girl's dreams no longer hollow It takes the shape of a place out of west But what it holds for her She hasn't yet guessed She needs wide open spaces Room to make a big mistakes She needs new faces so I, I'm realizing as I grow up how varied my parents' musical tastes were, and I think that also helped inform a lot of my very musical taste. Mm-hmm. And my parents were, you know, they were in college in the early 80s, and so they were obviously big into what we would, again, consider classic rock. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, they were listening to a lot of 90s country. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize, I mean, my dad had Garth Brooks' album, Shania Twain. 
And so when Dixie Chicks came along, I remember one at Wide Open Spaces was one of the first albums that I ever owned. Um, maybe even before I got into like the boy bands and Britney Spears and stuff. And so I just, I really loved Dixie Chicks, or as they now are called, the, the Chicks. Um, and I, I mean, I just, they're talking about like, putting something on that makes you feel good. I have a 90s country playlist and it has wide open spaces and there's your trouble. You were mine. I really just loved their vibe. Mm -hmm. And again, would consider them a girl band. Sure. They even played their own instruments, right? You know? And Earl Um, had to die. I mean, and also like definitely one of the top murder ballads of all time. For sure. You know, Got to give credit where credit's to fantastic music mm-hmm. videos. Well. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Murder ballads. Yeah. Oh yeah, murder ballads mm-hmm. are definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Warrant had one. Uh, anyway, well, I, I'm very big into the history of murder ballads for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, we are running out of time here. Uh, do y'all want to hit them with some of the songs that didn't make your list but were contenders for your list? I have a giant list, but I can speed run it. Go for it. Speed run. I'll just. Preface this by saying I may actually duplicate some that you guys chose and made the list, but I'm gonna go fast. Nearly at least half of these made my list and ended up squeakingly coming off just barely. First off, Smash Mouth All Star yes. was the first song I put on my list and I had mm-hmm. to take it away. The Verb, Bittersweet Symphony, same way. I put it on, amazing, I take it off. Natalie and Brugley, Brugley Torn is amazing, another oh, amazing nice. 90s song. Oh, man. The Offspring, The Kids Aren't All Right, was on there really for a long time. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. But it felt a little bit much, too much that we talked about earlier, the late 90s into the 2000s vibe of my life. So I left it off. Uh, no Doubt, Don't Speak, Third Blind, Semi Charm Life, Radiohead, Creep, yes. uh, Soundgarden, Black Hole mm-hmm. Sun, Counting Crows, Colorblind, a variety of songs by them. Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yes. Uh, Cranberries, Linger, Ugh. Aerosmith, you already said that one. I'm saying. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Scar Tissue, Under the Bridge, Californication, um, Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart, Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise, yep. Lynn, Still My Sunshine is an oh, amazing song. 1999. Yeah, yeah, Sublime, Santeria, Wilson Phillips, Hold On, Sugar Ray, Fly, Every Morning. Uh, you already kind of somewhat mentioned Wallflowers, One Headlight, House of Pain, Jump Around, Jump on. uh, Weezer, Say It Ain't So, uh, Spin Doctors, Two Princes, Sixpence, None the Richer, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, yeah. Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, Spice Girls, Wannabe, You Got That One, Hanson, Mbop, Mbop, Notorious B.I.G., More Morning, More Problems. Dre, nothing but a G thing. Share, believe was a huge ninety ones for uh, us music video people. Uh, CNC Music Factory, everybody dance now from Jock Jams. If yep. you ever uh, live that life, jams. Um, and then uh, tag team. Whoop, there it is. Yes, of course. From nice. All Mighty Ducks and just in general sports teams. So right. well, I'm gonna speed run mine, and then Ashby, you can uh, mention some of yours. But uh, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a lot. Sure. Uh, I wanted that way. Backstreet Boys. Uh, I mentioned Rosa Parks by Outkast, Nothing But a G Thing, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, No Diggity by Blackstreet, Don't Speak, No Doubt. Um, say My Name, Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. 99. Um, TLC's uh, Scrubs, mm-hmm. another 98-99 hit. Uh, Kiss From a Rose by Seal, mm-hmm. Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC, and of course, I'm a genie in the bottle, Christina Aguilera. So I would like to give a shout out to some of the songs on Now One and Now Two, which are the nows that came out in the 90s and which I played over and over and over again until I scratched them. Sure. Um, So you have Together Again by Janet Jackson. You have The Way by Fastball. Amazing Amazing song. song. If You Could Only See by Tonic, another one of those Mm -hmm. bands. Oh, 100%. Um, Anytime by Brian Knight. You had... um, 
Oh, Never Ever by All Saints. Y'all remember mm-hmm. All Saints? I do. Mm, anyway, <laughs> uh, Fly Away, Lenny Kravitz, and then um, also on that are some, you know, Backstreet, Spice Girls, Hanson, all those wonderful things that we'll talk about in the another episode. You Get What You Give, the New Radicals, where they yes, basically amazing. like called out a ton of 90s artists mm-hmm. like Beck and Hanson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also U2 was doing some stuff in For the sure. 90s. They had Sweetest Thing. Um, so they had some hits out. Oh, U2 had one come out in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Excellent song. Um, also had, um, oh my goodness, what was the um, With or Without You? 93, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Cheryl Crow was also doing For some sure. interesting Cheryl things Crow, in the yeah. 90s. My Favorite Mistake. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Closing Time. Simsonic. Yep. Oh, such a good song. That's what we'll close our party out with. Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, we haven't mentioned Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler. Yeah. yeah. Run and around. Spin Doctors. Spin Doctors. Mm-hmm. I, my claim to fame is that... <laughs> Hootie Chris, and the Blowfish. Chris Barron of the Spin Doctors has retweeted on Twitter oh, a picture of my cat because he's a huge cat fan. Nice. So... We'll invite yeah. him to the party. So I have like up. a one degree separation from the Spin mm-hmm. Doctors. I'm just saying. Very nice. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong mm-hmm. over here. Um, and then... Then we also didn't talk about cake. No. And Fat Boy Slim. Mm-hmm. Man. So anyway, those are just some I threw out. One more out there too. So is good. Green Day's album Dookie yes. came out and it was like life changing forever yes. because like the when I come around. Yeah, all these different songs off oh, that album. Ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. Bling one eighty two came out in the mid nineties too, or at least like the main ones, like all the small things stuff we hit, but the same way. Again, I kind of slid it to the other end because it's not quite what I think of when I think of 90s. But right, right. there's tons of amazing things that happened in the late 90s, especially for us. Mm-hmm. They didn't make this list. Uh, but I think iconic 90s, you throw it back to those other. Yeah, for All sure. Right. Well, we got to get out of here, folks. A uh, big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to our podcast and our lives. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the 90s. As we are. (laughs) (laughs) Make seven. Before we leave, why don't y'all hit them up with some last minute plugs. Ashby. I'm Ashby Brame. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashby Gray. Um, I'm really into binging, you know, DC Marvel currently on, you know, the Star Wars thing and what's going on over at Disney Plus with uh, the MCU. So just listen to me like rant about stuff. They're making a Teen Wolf movie this year. So. You'll hear me talk about that. That's where I'm Sorry. at. Okay. Kyle? I'm on Instagram, underscore, live, underscore, bright, underscore. Uh, honestly, most of my stuff are pictures of my daughter or my wife, but also or some other cars. terms. I don't really do much. Like, I will be if I buy another car. <laughs> sure. I don't have one right now. But uh, other than that, uh, I've tried to sometimes just post stuff from nostalgic things that just remind you of things that you just kind of have those happy moments. I think it's good to throw stuff out there every once in a while. And I'm Eric Creech. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EricOMac15. Uh, you can check out my daily Wordle score. Um, <laughs> I hate you for getting me into Wordle. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, also, just want to give a shout out to um, a podcast that inspired um, this episode, 60 Songs That Explained the 90s Through the Ringer. I'm just going to give its uh, description. You can check it out on Spotify. But the 1990s were a turning point in music with the increasingly connected world enabling an unprecedented coalescence of various styles and genres. The decade featured the rapid evolution of sonic artistry and subsequently shaped the soundscape of the eras that follow. Listen along as the Ringer's preeminent music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. So go check. The 90s were like a time when music 
pivoted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pivot. It was uh, the pivot. A- the a- that's a friendly. Pivot. That's a that's friendly a friend- thing to say <laughs> over there. Yep. Apex Mountain. There. Uh, <laughs> we should pivot. Uh, thanks for joining us. Join us next week for our discussion on the X Men animated series. Stay as cool. As the other side of the pillow. This phrase probably originated in the 90s. Probably. Uh, thank you. R.I.P. Stuart Scott. We'll, Ooh, there we'll, it is. We'll <laughs> see you next time, folks. Have a good night. Bye. What the what? Bye.